Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining me on Mama Pang's Parenting Podcast. Um, I really appreciate the um, fact that you guys are, are listening, and I today I'm going to cover um, a listener question. So I really appreciate that as well, and feel free if you have something that's pressing, something that's just on your mind um, that has to do with parenting and the need for support around that. Um, let me know. Send me an email or a shout out. Remember, if you can do a uh, voice recording, there's a really good chance that my producer can put that in on the podcast. So I really appreciate it, gang. Um, today's topic has to do with um, two parents, and it's okay to use their first names. Um, so Monica and Pat reached out with this uh question. I'll just kind of encapsulate the whole thing for you. Basically, it was saying, um, you know, we have an issue. We feel like we're losing our voice with our teen. And by voice, I think they're talking about some of their um, input or power in the situation. So first of all, thank you for reaching out. I, I appreciate um you know, that topic, because sometimes I get going 9,000 miles an hour and I, I can't decide on what topic's next. So I really appreciate them um, giving me this opportunity to kind of help walk through their, their question. So, um, and I've heard this many times. I felt this occasionally myself. So I think it's a, um, an important one to touch on. Um, so there are what people consider about four types of parenting. So I want to start with that and then we'll circle back around because that'll help tie the whole thing together. So um, we have, you know, of the four types, we have the uninvolved parent and that is exactly what it says. Um, they're just, you know, they had children and that was their job. And now they don't participate in parenting. They don't participate in things that go on in their child's life, etc. Um, then we have permissive parenting, and that's more along the lines of, yeah, they're giving in to everything. Oh, you want to eat jelly beans for breakfast? Have at it. Oh, you know, you want to ride your bike in traffic? Hmm, by all means. <laughs> uh, and, and we've all touched on some piece of that, I think. Um, then there's the two, and I, oh Lord, why do they have to be so similar in names, right? Um, we have the authoritarian, okay? And that is the, what we would currently call power over parenting. That's the my way or the highway. Uh, I make all the rules. I brought you into this world. You're going to do what I tell you. And then there's authoritative, and that is where, yes, discipline matters, but there's also the sense of, I want my children to learn to have self-discipline, and therefore I'm going to give them a voice or agency within the family to help build um, consequences and rules, and then also be able to say when and if and why a rule might need to be changed or might need to be bent for an occasion. So uh, to go over those real quick, so 
we all understand permissive, um, the uninvolved we get. And the authoritarian would be the person, parents, that, you know, make a rule that bedtime is at eight o'clock. And if you don't go to bed at eight o'clock, you're going to lose a privilege or you're going to, you know, suffer a punishment. Um, authoritarian parents are very punishment oriented. Okay. And that comes around to that concept of we are going to punish good behavior into you and bad behavior out of you. It, it kind of makes sense. And, and I think we all toy with, um, a little of the authoritarian, the authoritative parent would be one that says, okay, our rule is that we go to bed at eight o'clock, but they would have the ability to be flexible in that so that they could say, you know, um, there's an event coming up or there's a, um, a show coming up or, you know, there's some request as to, can we change my bedtime? Might be, can we change it just because this event came up on Thursday and I really want to go, but I'm going to still need to get my homework done. And, you know, can I go to bed at 8.30? So that comes up. Or it could be, you know, hey, I'm getting a little bit older. Um, At what age can we change my bedtime to 8.30? So when you're dealing with um, authoritative parents, they have that flexibility. They have that ability to understand their children and, and to have some leeway, which is fabulous because one of the things to think about um, with authoritarian parenting is that there are some real big downsides. You know, I, I hear often, I have said before, <laughs> that well, this is how I was raised and I turned out fine, right? And we tend to want to say that because I think part of it is, hey, we're alive. (laughs) But if if we peel back the layers, we can start looking and going, huh, do you have trouble with low self esteem? Do you have difficulty judging a person's character? Um, do you have difficulty connecting with someone emotionally? Uh, were you overly rebellious? Are you rule dependent? Do you lack poor social skills? Um, have you ever been in or are you currently in an abusive relationship? So those are the downsides of authoritarian because you don't learn to think for yourself. It's just power over parenting. It is just here are the rules and you better abide by them and that's it. Um, so the, the downside is definitely there. And I think more and more parents such as Monica and Pat are saying, you know, we're, what was it? We're losing our voice or our power over our teen or not over, but with our teen. Um, and you know, in the email, they went on to say, uh, We want our child to have agency, which is say so, but now we feel we're being taken over. So I applaud them for having this sense of, we want our child to have agency. They are leaning towards that authoritarian 
um, flexible parenting. And it doesn't mean that because things are a little bit of a struggle right now, it doesn't mean that that style of parenting is failing, right? I think we tend to forget parenting a teen. Teens want control. (laughs) They are trying to find themselves. They are trying to see if their ideas are good, if their choices are, you know, helpful or are harmful or any of that. And so they are exerting themselves and trying to say, okay, where's, where's the line? And that is a natural part of growing up. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. We as parents can occasionally be like, could you just stop doing it? <laughs> uh, they really can't. Um, but once you feel like your voice, or in this case, you know, the power situation is really flipped, then there are some things that can be done to help regain the direction that you want to go. And I think one of the first things is to understand that this is a natural point of kids being teens, right? They are going to be um, working on on figuring things out for themselves. And so they're going to push boundaries. And sometimes those boundary pushing things just, they're just annoying. Um, But that's, it's natural. So we've got that part. Then the other place is in fixing it, my suggestion, my theory is do not punish your child for the way way things have become, right? Because it took two. And maybe you feel like you got beaten down a bit. You know, you're just like, I can't take one more time of this. Can I stay up late? So I just threw in the towel. By God, make your own bedtime. And I get that. (laughs) We get to that wildly frustrated place. But then when we're coming back and we're saying, you know, this isn't going to work and this isn't a good choice for you and you're 13 and um, then you have to be able to say, okay, I'm not going to punish you. I'm not going to, you know, do that um, yelling, screaming or blaming that this is all your big problem. And if you just listen to me and, you know, this is how it happens. Um, But just to stop and say, hmm, okay, this is where we've gotten. It is not working for either of us. So we're going to kind of offer ourselves a clean slate and move forward. Now, to offer a clean slate is a type of forgiveness. And I think that is a beautiful thing to offer ourselves and our children. But it also does not mean that you forget how things were. Like if your child is really dealing with um, some respect issues and they just sound so horribly disrespectful or they sound, God forbid, but you know, maybe they sound mean, you can offer forgiveness. You can offer, let's start with a clean slate, but that doesn't mean you have to just go, oh, we're going to pretend it never happened because it did. And those are pieces that you can come back to later because you're also teaching your child when someone else in their life does something that is wrong and unacceptable. And maybe it was on both parties, you know, that both parties did this. um, 
they can give forgiveness, but they don't have to forget what happened. That was a learning experience. And then they can choose what they will tolerate and what they won't tolerate. And that's kind of what you're doing as well as the parents. So again, Monica, Pat, and all those other listeners out there, um, I appreciate so much where you're coming from and saying that you want your child to have agency and voice. And then I appreciate where it's gotten to, where it feels like you have lost your voice. Like maybe your child, great, they've got a voice and they're starting to sound like a small dictator. <laughs> um, but offer that that level of forgiveness and start with a clean slate. And then I'm a big fan of family meetings. You don't have to call them that. It could just be um, a time every Sunday that you start your week from for Monday morning by saying, hey, Sunday, let's sit and talk about what's going on during the week coming up. And then at that time, you can kind of start plugging in some things that would sound, you know, to the rest of the world, like these are family meetings. But it's just a time where we kind of gauge what's going on and we talk about you know, what needs to change, what doesn't need to change, what's going well. So if you can have a family meeting and call it what you want, um, then at that time, it's really important. So let's go with this bedtime thing. And we're 13 and bedtime's been at nine during school year and we're vying for 930, right? So that's what's come up. You've brought up bedtime or they have. It's okay if they come to a family meeting with an agenda topic, right? That's groovy. They're participating. Um, so it's bedtime. Then you can be asking questions like, you know, okay, you brought this up. I really, I really want to hear more. What is your reasoning and what's going to happen during that time? And how then are you going to deal with the new consequences that may occur? So you're asking a lot of questions. You are appreciating their thoughts and opinions on this because that's mainly what teens want. It sounds like they want power and control. They really just want to be heard. And that's exactly what the rest of us want in this world is to be heard. So you're appreciating their thoughts and opinions. You're validating them. Um, and then I'm going to really recommend you find a couple things that you can use that, that are their suggestions, right? So, um, that does not mean giving in. I think parents that hear this or older generation tend to hear this and they're like, oh, you're going to give your child complete control over everything and all this. And it's like, no, that's not what we're doing. We're giving them some agency, but not all of it because we're still the parents and we still feel like we know best to some degree. Um, so what you need to do is kind of look at these topics and it it's really hard. Like, um, and Monica, Pat, feel free to reach back out and fill in the blanks here in case I'm going the wrong direction. But it's really easy to go, okay, well, it's, we have a problem with A, B, C, D, E, F, and you're all of a sudden at Z. It may feel that way. It may feel like a lot of things um, are out of control and you've lost your voice in a lot of those things. I'm going to really recommend you pick your top two 
because you're not going to fix all 26 things, right? It No, it's not going to work. Too many things, too many sticks in the fire. And that's why it feels overwhelming to you right now because there are too many of them. But you have to start somewhere. It's tempting to start with the two biggest. I'm going to throw this out there as a great suggestion in my humble opinion. Start with one that is a really big issue that you feel like might be difficult and then find one that's easy (laughs) or one that you're willing to really let them have more agency over because then what you create is a win-win and that builds on what's happening in a positive. So, you know, say you've got 26 things, pick one big one and one that's going to be a super easy win-win for both of you. And that's where you go with these family meetings is to bring up those two things and start talking about them. And again, appreciate where they're coming from and their suggestions. And then when you find the one that you can say, okay, I hear your suggestion about this bedtime thing. And you're saying, oh, you know, I think I should go to bed at 10 instead of nine. Hmm. All right. So what if you go, hmm, here's my thought on that. I still feel like 10 might be a little too late, but you're saying 10 is really important. Well, how are we going to gauge if it's working or not? Now, this is where it's really tempting as a parent to go, I'm going to be looking for A, B, and C. Notice the alphabet's really like hitting it today. Um, But, you know, I'm going to notice if you're a grouch the next day, and I'm going to notice if we're running late for school, and I'm going to try to tame that. Try to ask them, you know, what do you see as being, you know, possible downsides or the difficulties of this? Hopefully they can articulate that because hopefully you have a connection with them where it is safe for them to articulate that. And then, and I'm not talking safe as in, you know, physical harm. Safe as in the fact that I'm able to share with you. Again, I have agency in my home. And then you're you're talking about, okay, so there could be some difficulties, but I'm willing, I'm willing to give this a try. Now you're really speaking their language. You're like, you're given some room here. But you don't have to say, okay, 10 o'clock's your bedtime. Have a nice day. Good luck. <laughs> because you have the ability to say, okay, that's really interesting. Let's give that a go. And we're going to reevaluate it at a family meeting on blah, blah, blah. So maybe two weeks from now, we're going to have our next family meeting and we're going to see how it's going. You may find out that they know themselves really well and this 10 o'clock bedtime was great. Yay. You may also find out that you were right and 10 o'clock, because we all know, if you go to bed at 10, you're not falling asleep at 10, right? Um, That could be a real issue especially for a 13-year-old. They do actually need quite a bit of sleep through the teenage years. Um, But then you have this ability to reevaluate, and they can tell you at the next meeting what's gone well, what hasn't gone well. 
you know, they're going to be dragging their little heinies and struggling to get homework done and really being crabby. And they fought with their siblings, you know, nine out of the 10 school days. And huh. and then you're guiding them back to, what do you think that's from? And it, it, they may come at it and be like, I noticed, I struggled. They may not. And you might have to say, hmm, well, how did school go for the last two weeks? I was late three times. Yeah, I noticed that too. It made it hard. Um, what else? You know, so you're guiding them to think this through because really what we want is for them to have some ability to discipline themselves, to discover what works for them, what doesn't, and to have some agency within their own lives. So I really am recommending that, that you have, um, ways to go back and hear them, but it doesn't mean you have to give in to everything that they came up with. Again, you're going to use one or two examples of things that you think have to be worked on. Let's say the other one is cleaning their room and that's like your line in the sand, right? So having that, you, you want to be able to say, okay, here's the deal. Um, I need to have you clean your room. And let's talk about what that looks like and sounds like. It does not mean shoving everything under the bed. I tried that as a child. Nobody was happy. Um, but these are my expectations, right? Is that you, you clean your room once a week. No dishes get left in your room or, um, you know, you, you're in charge of getting your dirty laundry to the laundry room or anything, wherever you're at with that. And then give it the fact that, you know, this is really a non-negotiable. This is something that for our team, our home team, um, we're all in charge of, okay? And then the hard part, and this is going to be a follow-up podcast, is to allow for some natural consequences to happen. And those are hard. So we're going to touch on that real quick before we wrap up. Um, Natural consequences and they can be also imposed consequences because I think that's okay too. Because again, if you are being um, an authoritarian parent, you are allowed to have rules. So if the rule is you don't go to your sleepover on the weekend if your room isn't clean, you can stick with that. That becomes a natural consequence because they know this rule. You didn't just invent it right before the sleepover. They knew this starting on Monday or 10 weeks ago because this is, was at a, one of our family meetings. Your job is to clean your room and it needs to be cleaned by X and whatever. Um, but the other piece is the natural consequences. So you know, my favorite, I can't find my fill in the blank, right? Your child is saying, I can't find, ta-da. Well, if your room is a disaster, eh, you're probably not going to find that. And it's really tempting, especially with the teen. They are going to come in hot. I can't find my good shoes for blah, 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 or my sports apparel or that you know, whatever I need for today's class. And they're going to be storming and fuming and 
Wow. That sucks, honey. I'm sorry. Oh. Oh. Who has to fix that problem? They do. You don't have to get involved. You do not have to say, you know, if you'd clean your room, you'd be able to find stuff. You don't have to say that. Because they're going to live through the natural consequences of the fact that their room isn't clean and they can't find stuff. It's hard to let that go. It is so tempting to jump in with the, well, if you would just mm, bite your tongue, step back. Wow. That must be really frustrating. I know you need that assignment turned in today. And they are going to try everything within their power to have you join them, not just in getting you to come in and help them find it, but join them in the frustration and anger and disappointment and whatever else they're feeling. And your job is that you don't have to. And that's hard. That might be when you want to put your earbuds in and crank on your music because that's on them. Now, There's a big difference age-wise. I'm talking about teens. This story looks a lot different when they are six or seven. Because at that age, you do still need to help step in occasionally. And again, I'm just thinking, well, topic for another podcast. So natural consequences have to be felt. We have to pay that price in order to make change, right? Because if you just force me into change, well, that's just you. But if I have to go, oh, if I don't put my assignments in one central spot, I'm just making my life more and more difficult. And so I'm going to learn to set my stuff out the night before. And yes, you may have a teen that is fully exasperated whatever, and they just look at you and they're like, I don't know what to do. Hmm. That's when you can step in and ask a lot of questions and offer some thoughts, but you don't have to force anything. If they're coming up with, I just don't know what to do. I can never find my assignments and blah, 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 blah. Fine. Well, if you're open to talking about that, I could give some suggestions. Oh, okay. Now they're going to have buy-in, right? They're going to be like, well, yeah, go ahead. You know, whatever your suggestions are, offer them. Have you thought about setting your assignments out the night before? Have you thought about tucking them in your book bag the night before? What if we had a place to put all our assignments? What if, again, you're just creating options and then they can choose? But they have to suffer those natural consequences. We have this crazy thing about wanting to save our children from these experiences. You know, oh, I remember losing my homework and I suffered and it was so horrible and I never want my kids to experience that. Guess what? (laughs) Learning is experiential. And so if we don't allow them to experience, they will not learn. I get it. I I totally get it. We want that safety net. We want, you know, how often are we willing to take that forgotten lunch in to school? I did it. (laughs) But there was a limit. And what's more powerful to a teenager 
having to ask a friend for lunch money to spot them because they forgot their lunch and or their lunch money or having to go up to the school cafeteria and being like I forgot my lunch money I forgot so now I'm gonna oh can I get you know and they have things set aside for lunch um they're not gonna starve to death I think that's our oh my god they're gonna they're gonna be famished. No, they're just gonna be hungry when they get home. Probably won't forget their lunch money or lunch very often. So natural consequences, that's just a piece of it. So um, Monica, Pat, I, I hope I've touched on some of these helpful ways that you can you know, regain um, that sense of voice within your family and know that we all get to areas that don't feel like they're working right and it's just an opportunity for a do-over um, I applaud you for wanting your child to have agency and I know that as you try to turn things around if you take your small steps and look for your wins I just I know it's really gonna work so again everyone um, thank you so much for listening and be well <laughs>